Luke 3, 1 through 6. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetrarch of the region of Eturia and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And he went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall become straight and the rough places shall become level ways and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Um, if y'all wouldn't mind bowing your heads and praying with me. Lord, we thank you for this morning. Lord, I ask for our hearts to be open, that your words of truth would speak through me this morning, and that everything else that is not of you would just be forgotten or washed away. Lord, please don't let this suck. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, thank you, God. Thank you for the hope that you have brought us and, um, that we might continue to celebrate you this morning in your name. Amen. Hey all, good morning. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so my name is Carolina. Um, for those of you visiting, this is my first time teaching. So hence the hope this doesn't suck. Um, that's where that came from. So, all right. I was handed this reading. Um, I didn't exactly choose it. And the first time I read it, I was like, what the heck, Chris? What is this? <laughs> There's so many weird names and so many weird places. Um, I thought, well, you can't see it, but um, it looks weird too, as much as it sounds. Um, there it is. That's the second part. There we go. Um, and as I read it, I'm just to give you guys a, uh, a brief understanding of the way my mind works. I studied Latin American history and Spanish and Portuguese. So when I read Luke the doctor, he has a very different mindset than I do. So I read this and I want to edit it because the only thing I see important in this first half is um, in the wilderness, the word of God came to, came to John the Baptist. Like that's, that's all I see in there that I'm like, that makes sense. Everything else I don't understand. So I did my homework, and I will teach you what I learned. Um, so a couple things that Luke does with all of these what seems like unimportant details is give us a date. So these are real people, real leaders, so we have a sense of the time. And the other thing that he does is set the tone of the time that people were in. So if you were in living in that time, you would kind of have more or less of like, what is the world going through or the Jewish people are going through at the time with these leaders? So I'll give you at least a couple of examples. 
Tiberius was known was one of the Roman one of the Roman rulers who was known for his brutality. Um, he had he was a very suspicious man, and anyone that he suspected, he would have them killed. And they called it the Reign of Terror when he was around. Um, Pontius Pilate, he was. We had the trial and crucifixion of Jesus later um, in the Gospels that we see. Herod was a very hated man, um, because partly because of his excessive taxation, but what he would do with that money was make these like lavish mansions for himself. And Annas and Caiaphas were the Jewish high priests at the time, and Caiaphas was part of the one who organized the plot to kill Jesus later. So if you read all of these names, they make a lot more sense now as far as the time that we're in. So the Jewish people were kind of, yeah, essentially living during a reign of terror. The people that are entrusted to them are the ones that are tax, taxing them heavily and um, you know, taking advantage of their power. And on top of that, we, you may or may not know this, but God has been silent for 400 years to the Jewish people. So in that time, you could see it's a time of hopelessness, um, probably a time of fear for them. Um, and so here we see in this, you know, writing, we see that there is a wilderness, a physical wilderness, but there also seems to be another wilderness that the Jewish people are in. This, like, experience of a wilderness. And that is where... Um, the word, the, we hear the word of God in this wilderness. So we too have these wilderness experiences, these wilderness seasons, um, these personal wilderness experiences. And it might be spiritual drought, finances, broken relationships, sickness, disease. Um, and some of us might also experience this collective wilderness season. Um, especially in our church lately, you know, some will get deported. There is a continuous war. We hear about babies taken from their mothers at the border. We hear about children dying at the border. We hear about human trafficking and racism in our own backyards. So these things are heavy to carry, even in an ad during Christmas when it's supposed to be such a happy time. Um, these things lay heavy on our hearts. But I would have to say that we shouldn't sell the wilderness short. Wilderness seasons aren't loss, and they aren't failure. And when we're in them, I know that, at least for me, I want to just put my head down and power through a wilderness. Um, but many times, it is in the wilderness that we hear from God. And we see this drawing to the wilderness a few other times in the Bible. Um, we see it as a cleansing where God sends his people to the desert, into the wilderness. Um, David runs to the desert to seek, um, to escape from Saul's wrath. In Luke, later, we see that Jesus was in the wilderness and tempted by the devil. 
And we also see that in the wilderness, Jesus returns filled with the Spirit. So the wilderness doesn't, isn't completely a time of loss, and it is a time of heaviness, but it can also be a time where we're kind of forced to listen to God because we have nowhere else to turn to. And yeah, some of us exhaust our resources before even turning to God during that wilderness season. Personally, I feel like I am in a wilderness. Um, you know, Samuel's deportation hit heavy to us here, and it hit me personally. Um, my grandmother has, has fallen ill. So this Christmas is a little bit different for me. And honestly, when I heard the news about Samuel, when I heard the news about my grandmother, I just wanted to look forward to the day where all of that was gone. I just wanted to be like, okay, life goes on. Samuel's going to come back. We'll, you guys will see. It's fine. My grandmother, either she's going to die or she's going to be better, but that's the day I look forward to. Um, but not really taking advantage of the fact that this is, this is where God can have, can speak louder and clearer to us in these wildernesses. And that's what we see also with John the Baptist. It was in the wilderness that we heard of a word from God. And I have a story about, that exemplifies this really well. It is a story of a man named Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. One heck of a name. I wish I could have a cool name like that. Um, Henry, we'll just call him Henry. Um, Henry was a Harvard scholar, um, a poet, a writer, and a translator during the 19th century. Um, he got married when he was 29, and he moved to Europe so he could be better at languages, and so he could translate, I think he translated Dante's Inferno into English, so pretty, kind of a big deal. So when he was in Europe, um, his wife died of a miscarriage. And that sounds devastating, you know? Having the hope of, you're gonna have a baby, this is so exciting, and then you lose not just your baby, but you lose your wife. So he was depressed, and he returned to the United States to seek solace in his writing. Happy turn of events, he remarried, and he had six kids. Um, and then he heard of, that is when the Civil War began. Hearing of the heaviness of war, I can only imagine when I hear things about our own, you know, civil wars that we have here where people are in disagreements and um, how awful it must have been to hear that his own countrymen were off killing each other, not too far from where he was. Um, but in that same year, his wife died, his second wife died in a house fire. And his son ran off to fight in this war, and he did not approve of that. And to show his brokenness, he actually didn't publish anything for two years. So talk about a wilderness. And in that ex in, during that season, he had an experience, a wonderful experience with God, where he heard him loud and clear in his doubt. Um, and you, and he wrote a poem about it, and you may recognize this poem because they turned it into a lovely Christmas carol. 
um, and it's called Christmas Bells, and I think it's, yeah, we got it right there. Um, and I would like to share it with you. Um, it says, I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, the wi and wild and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And thought how, as, as the day had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revolved from night to day, a voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. If, if it was as if an earthquake rent the hearthstones of a continent and made forlorn the households born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Oh, I skipped one. Oh, whatever. And in despair, and in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men. Amen. So if anyone had any reason to doubt, and in that doubt was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow of living in this wilderness, but yet God spoke to him loud and clear that his truths will continue to ring. Regardless of our seasons, God is still good. We still have hope in him. And even though we see that many things need to change, evils need to be eradicated, broken things need to be fixed, suffering needs to be dealt with. We ought to cling to the hope that God's people were so hungry for when John the Baptist came on the scene. And as I sit in my own wilderness, and maybe some of you sit in yours, I will leave us with the same words of hope that John the Baptist gave the Jewish people at the time. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall become straight and the rough places shall become level ways and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. That was super short, but I'm going to pray now because that was it. <laughs> God, I thank you um, for the hope that you have given us in Christ's birth, that we have something to look forward to. Jesus, may... You remind us of your goodness, of your truth, even in seasons of wilderness. God, we ask that you would be with us during this season. God, and that there would be peace on earth and goodwill to men as much as we may doubt and not believe during hard times.
Yeah, Lord, thank you for um, being with us today, and we ask that you would continue to teach your truths to the children that did the pageant this morning. God, we ask that um, your love and peace and hope would be with them during this season as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.